So firstly, an apology. I do have a cold. It's not COVID. I've tested. Do you remember those things called colds? <laughs> it's been two years. I've forgotten what it was like. Um, so you can imagine just how popular Christian Aid speakers are in Christian Aid Week. So you've got me. Um, and on the Christian Aid website, there's a whole load of resources, not only for this Sunday, next Sunday, but all the way through the week. Um, and these are the sermon notes related to all through the week. But there's, there's other stuff on there as well. So if you want to either follow up on this message or the others um, which are put out there by Christian Aid, then please do look those up on the website. So the passage that's been chosen by Christian Aid uh, Worship Collective uh, was Matthew 3, verses 1 to 10, which we just heard read. And it's because of its rich and mixed metaphors in reflecting the hunger crisis caused by climate chaos. And it's an encouragement to us all uh, to raise our own prophetic voices for climate justice. Now, there's two themes I want to bring out of, um, of these talks. The first one is making more of what we already have. And the second is making more for all. Now, the context of this reading is that they're moving from the tree in the Garden of Genesis to the tree of the city in Revelation. The Bible bookends our relationship with creation, a relationship that has become broken, a brokenness that we see in the hunger still experienced by people and animals across the world as droughts, as we heard from Anne, pervade and persist in communities such as those in Zimbabwe that we saw in the video. In the middle of the narrative, we come to the tree of the cross. God entering into the suffering of humanity, not remaining at a distance, but choosing to enter into the life of the world, expressing God's own hunger to provide. We were talking about that idea of God's generosity. And the work of the cross reconciles and initiates the work of recreation and restoration of the earth as God's home. So at this point, I'd like to divert into uh, the resources that they provide about hunger. Firstly, our adversaries. There's a shift where we see the sun and the rain move from being primarily essential allies to seemingly existential adversaries. In Zimbabwe, the dry seasons are becoming increasingly problematic uh, to predict and increasingly difficult to define. Vulnerable communities face the threat of more intense droughts, floods and storms. That has an impact on crops. When the rain does come, its intensity increases year on year and a factor uncomfortably balanced by the way in which the daily minimum temperatures continue to climb. So this change in the climate has resulted in more challenging conditions for farmers, as we heard, and makes the successful production of crops next to impossible. It's not solely the scarcity of food that brings concerns. The tyranny of this ever-changing weather is accompanied by the presence of diseases such as malaria, cholera, dengue fever, as if things weren't tough enough as it was. And that leads us on to think about hunger. So this year, through Christian Aid, we stand alongside 
uh, Jessica Mwedzi and her young family. Jessica relies on the rain to farm and provide for her family. And the failure of her crops is devastating. It pushes her into a struggle uh, for survival. And it's perhaps unsurprising that this situation provokes strong primal fears within us. And so it should. The word hunger needs little explanation and can be accompanied by feelings as much as facts. Jessica's harvest fails and therefore she immediately faces the threat of hunger, as does her family. Paradoxically, however, hunger is, from certain angles, a simple problem to solve. Put simply, it is satiated by the successful production of agriculture, crops and food, or as is so often referred to in scripture, bread. Of course, the use of the word bread in the Bible has multiple uses. Jesus describes himself as the bread of life or as living bread. When we have communion, we share bread, or a form of it anyway. In the encounter between Christ and the devil in the wilderness, one of the temptations was to turn the stones into bread. In the New Testament, we, of course, we have the miraculous feeding of the 5,000 with fish and bread. It's everywhere. And Jesus asked in Matthew 7, which of you, if your child asks for bread, will give him a stone? He's using bread as an example. It's not a luxury. It's a basic. It's a bare minimum, an essential. And in the prodigal son, we're told that the father's servants had enough bread to eat, even the servants, even the bread. And of course, when we're taught to pray, we pray for the daily bread. It's non-negotiable. If the child asks for bread, they don't get stones. In God's economy, they get bread. Which turns us to justice. Returning to Jessica and her family, her life is one of hunger. Hunger for food, for bread, and the ability to grow her own food. But there is another hunger, and that is for justice. That the powers and dominions that cause the injustice in so many lives are radically and subversively changed. Let's say that phrase again. That the powers and dominions that cause the injustice to many lives are radically and subversively changed. And that is putting money in this envelope, but it's so much more. This year, we can help women like Jessica to provide for their families. We can help her to grow drought-tolerant crops, learn how to grow food in dry seasons, build storerooms to survive future droughts, eat more healthily and nutritious food, and learn new skills for alternative sources of income. So our gifts to Christian Aid Week will help fulfill all those things. So that is all about doing more with what we already have doing more with the brokenness. But it goes on thinking about the reading in Matthew. John the Baptist, in this passage, we see another tree, a tree with an axe lying at the root. The axe has not yet been lifted to begin the work of cutting down. It's worth drawing attention to John's particular deep connection with creation, his wilderness lifestyle, 
his camel's hair, leather, locusts, and honey. He models the communion with creation that Dr. Rowan Williams speaks of as he encourages us to regain a sense that our relationship to the earth is about communion, not consumption. It's hard not to picture John the Baptist as some sort of Fred Flintstone character brandishing his axe. But as the theologian Paula Gooder points out, he is a poignant character who stands permanently on the outside. His ministry, of course, was in the wilderness, away from the city, and people flocked to see him. The Acts John Wields conveys the urgent awakening that is needed for a change of lifestyle. And as such, it serves as a powerful symbol for the times we are living through and the climate crisis. Before I unpack that a little bit more, a couple of conversations uh, we've been having here at Christchurch. One is about, uh, we're thinking particularly about Africa today, but there are two million people in this country who are going without food to feed their children. And that may be a conservative estimate. Um, and we've been approached already this week about what we might, how we might be able to contribute to that in some small way. The other conversation has been about um, reusable cups. And uh, should we use crockery or should we buy reusable cups where everybody gets one of those? What the answer is doesn't really matter. What matters is the impact on the environment not only impacts us here. Every little thing we do here impacts all around the world. And it's those with least that get impacted the most by climate change. So this axe, which uh, is referred to in Matthew, could have at least three symbolic meanings. Could speak about what is, has been cut down that has led to droughts and hunger in Zimbabwe. The axe that has felled the trees and has led to uh, desertification and extreme changes in climate needs to be laid down. Secondly, speaking of what needs to be cut down in terms of systemic structures that cause the suffering and anguish of hunger in the world. The axe is used to break the chains of injustice. And thirdly, we're speaking specifically to John the Baptist's challenge in the reading, the need to take an inventory of our own society, what needs to be cut down from our expectations of how everyone should live. An axe is needed to allow for a return to nature, for the process of rewilding to take hold. It's needed to chop away everything that stops us from having fullness of life. And this cutting down is not a felling of more much-needed trees and foliage, but rather it is removing of all the things that have got in the way of how we need to live as co-creators with God. It is to prune and cut back what gets in the way of our connection with God, each other, and creation, for the flourishing of all and the glory of God. And rather than seeing our calling to care for creation as a deprivation and a denial, what are we giving up? We rather see it as the axe breaking the chains that bind us to a diminished way of life. Remember that communion rather than consumption. We see the axe as breaking the chains of injustice. Metaphorically, John puts the axe in our hands It's lying there at the foot of the tree. 
What will we do with it? Ignore it or use it? Finally, we reflect on the fruit as a source of hope. The axe is not required if the tree is bearing fruit. The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control of the fruit of the Spirit. Let's just imagine for a moment that is how we described our society. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. It's not fear but faith that inspires our choices to create a fairer world and protect creation. We end with the vision of a fruitful future, of abundant energy, a stable economy, of resources available to all where everyone's lives are not worse but better than they are today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this Christian Aid Week and we thank you for the message that they share with all of us. That in the current brokenness, there are things that can be done to give more from less. But that the ambition is bigger than that. And that is as co-creators and co-partners with God, there can be healing to the brokenness and a different way of being that looks more like the kingdom and less like our earthly desires. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Amen. I found that a challenging message to deliver because it's one I would never have written myself. But it's all true. I'm very happy to share that with you.